This is E. Calloway. And this is Felicia. And we are the hosts of Life Chat Radio. Coming to you live every single Thursday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. On the A-side of THAAfterParty.com. Okay, so we're two single women, but trust me, we're not just talking about the fellas because we're really talking about relationships. So join us as we talk all things life on Life Chat Radio. Hey, have you checked out the new app for the After Party Radio? A no-hassle connection to our station that is up and running 24-7, around the clock. No matter wherever you are, even in the car. Download the app and start streaming. See you at the party. Get on your social media and post. Hashtag, follow me to, at, T-H-A, after party. For real topics, real hosts, streaming 24-7. For real people, beat me there, or be square as alien pubic hair. See you at the party. You are tuned into the A-side, on T-H-A, afterparty.com. 
Hey, everybody, you're listening to Life Chat Radio right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you connect with all of our social media outlets, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Everything is Life Chat Radio, and we'll be right back. And flashing lights, music and cameras. They call it the good life, but at the end of the day, a man's all I am. Just like you, I got needs. Boy, I get frustrated. I get hurt just to say. But because I got a name, happiness mistaken for fame And it gets cold at the top, so make sure somebody loves you No matter if nobody's there Passed on a whole lot of truth, but I know about a whole lot of lies. Man, I 
Wish I had me a time machine I would tell Martin it was all a dream And I wish like Ray J back in 06 Guess it worked cause I got my chick And I wish like Kells did If I could change the clock, man I'd change a lot And I probably wouldn't be so selfish I would've gave a lot, man I'm ashamed of that I wish I could've told, oh thank you Before it got way too late I wish I would've worked on my jump shot But time just fades away I probably wish too much I know I pray less than I should I know I did too much Take it all back if I could Wish I had another time Maybe I do better Maybe I do better Maybe I do better Every time I think about All of my mistakes I just wanna turn it around Be like Except when I do it for the money Tryna find yourself, but you find yourself Doing things in the dark, kinda funny I wish I had ten more wishes I swear I got ten more visions And life is a game that I can't stop playing Baby, give me like ten more minutes I'm almost finished I wish I had a little more time Got a whole lot of goals that I wish I could achieve I believe I'ma lose my mind Before I get to those, yeah, I miss the goals But my shot was off, I can't tell what I lost Till I count the cost But I probably miss my count Wish I was a little bit taller, wish I was a bowler Then again, every time I get a little money On that one first date, I was all zoned out, paranoid like Did you hear that noise? And I know she probably thinking I'm cray No pun intended, I wish I'd repent it A little bit quicker, then again I ain't pull the trigger I know I said I had no regrets, but I sure do wish Every chance I get, go figure Wish I had another chance Maybe I do better, maybe I do better Maybe I do better Every time I think about all of my mistakes I just wanna turn it around Be like Peace. When 
scripture for all of the sinners to view. As we look upon it, we become a masterpiece too. So you think I'm Welcome to Live Chat Radio. This is your girl E. Calloway on the microphone. One two one two. What up, Felicia? Hey, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, we are excited to be back for another week. So, hey, y'all. Hey, all the listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in once again. Again, I guess we're doing okay because people are still listening. So that's a good. Yay. 
So last week we were out because of the crazy weather in Dallas. It was literally ice everywhere. So, but guess what? Now it's sunny outside and um, everybody's walking around with the flu. And that's kind of how it works in Dallas. Yeah. Texas is really bipolar. My whole family has been sick. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've been for a week and a half. It just spread around. My daughter was sick. My sisters have been sick. And I still sound like, do you hear me? Like, I can't even sound like my regular cheery self because I got this stuff all up in my throat. It's all up in your throat, boo. I hear it, too. Like, for real, for real. You were sick all last week, so it kind of worked out that we weren't here because then you wouldn't have been, been able to talk at all. It was so good, yeah. Today is not awesome, but last week was, like, super not awesome. I was already like, Lord Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to be able to talk on anybody's anything. I had to cancel singing. I was supposed to sing on Sunday. I couldn't even do it. See, y'all didn't even know that. And, and, and you out of town. Like, you're actually calling in right now on our own show. So, hey. <laughs> Can I tell you how strange that is right now? You are in, where, Missouri? I'm in... Uh, my man's way in Missouri right now. We're staying in Branson, Missouri. We go through Springfield, Missouri, because a lot of people are staying in Springfield. And today we're in no man's way in Missouri, like Bozier or Bo Dickey or Boondocks. So we have Bo- literally we crossed the state boundaries. We are now, Live Chat Radio is officially in Missouri. Um, so... <laughs> Hey, all you Missouri (laughs) listeners out there, man. We have a really great show today. Um, We're talking about the mind of the grind. Yeah, it's it's about to go down. Um, So, and and we're talking about, you know, just how important it is to stay on your, not even, I'm not not even going to say hustle, but on your grind. Like, you have to work hard in this game, period, point blank. Like, whatever it is, whatever that game is, quote unquote, for you, whether that's ministry, music, business, marketing, branding, like, whatever it is, you have to work hard at it. Nothing is going to come easy. So, we have some really great um, interviews today. We have some people that's going to come in and actually, you know, tell us and talk to us about how they worked hard and how it got them where they are right now, basically. Good for them. <laughs> I know. I'm telling Listen, I'm trying to be inspired by the grinders because I'm trying to get on this grind in Missouri. Listen, you got to see all these devices I have trying to be on my grind and be on the radio today. I have, like, my sister's phone. I have a tablet that's not mine. I have another phone because you can't find any connection. It's like... It's serious business. Yeah, it don't stop. That's the thing. Like, even when you're on vacation, you're not really on vacation because when you're working for yourself, that's exactly what you're doing, working for yourself. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, Felicia, we are single parents. We have our own business. Like, we we grinding. (laughs) We grind every day. This is grinding. I know. Are you exhausted of being on the grind after uh yes but it's a part of it like you know you you get what you put into it so if you working hard and you push in and we work hard every day like this is a full-time gig for both of us so you know being able to hit the pavement and beat the pavement really not even hit it we're like beating it we're like sledgehammering <laughs> the pavement right now it's like cracking under our feet um but yeah i mean that's like that's like super important and so it, it doesn't necessarily stop with you know, a week or a month or a year. Like, this is a consistent, this is a lifestyle change. It's like eating healthy. Like, you have to grind healthy. You got to. <laughs> you you got to make that comparison to eating right 
<laughs> exactly, which I totally need to do more of. But this is this is real life. Like people out here are like. I, I'm trying to think who said that. Was that um, Will Smith that was like, you know, when everybody else is sleeping, he working. When everybody else is taking a break and on vacation, he working. Like, it, it doesn't have anything to do. It has a little bit to do with your talent. But for the most part, it's really how hard you work at whatever you're passionate about. Um, because it's just like know, a type of passion. Like you surround yourself with those kinds of people, though. Do you feel like you're constantly surrounded by people who are in grind mode, and so you feel like everybody is in grind mode, or do you, or do you experience a mix of both sides? You know what? I, I feel like the for the most part, everybody that I'm around is in grind mode, and it's necessary. Like you have to surround your surround yourself with like minded people. So, for instance, me and you, you know, like people that I'm partnering with on different events and different shows. All my clients are in grind mode. Like it's it's time out for playing. Like, people out here are getting it. <laughs> and when you have bills that are coming on a regular basis, you don't have the luxury of taking a chill pill or relaxing. Like, you know, even when I take a day off, I literally feel like I've taken a whole day off. Like, I feel like I've missed so much stuff, um, you know, that I could have been doing. So, yeah, it's, it's all about the grind today, man. So we have some some really cool people um, in the studio. We have Brandon Freeman is going to be coming and talking to us on our uh, religiosity segment. And he's like a really, really great friend of mine. We've been friends for years, so I'm very excited to have him on the show. And then we have uh, Terrence Maiden from Two Wins Foundation is going to be in with us. And, of course, we have Caleb McCandle. M- McCandle. Who is that? Caleb <laughs> McCandle. I get out his name's in. Oh, man, it just rolled off my tongue. Um, he's going to be coming in, and, you know, he's a phenomenal musician and producer, writer, composer. So, um, yeah, we, we have some pretty exciting people in the studio today. It's going to be fun. I'm so jealous of you being there and me being on a phone yeah, in Missouri. It sucks. <laughs> it feels so weird. But I have, I have a replacement in the studio. Um, Madison came to work with me today. And she, go, Maddie, go, Maddie, go. Yeah, Madison is my daughter, for those that don't know. She's 10, and, of course, she's on spring break. Um, so, yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been trying to find some exciting things to do, and uh, she's out. she said that she wanted to come to the studio with me, so it just worked out. Madison, say hey to everybody. Like, pull that mic up to you. Hi. Oh, she's so oh hey, Madison, you cute. I can feel it. She, I can oh, feel your cuteness through the telephone. She's oozing it. So, man, look, I wanted to to discuss a couple things, which is kind of like off the topic of grind, but it's pop culture and it's what's going on in the world today. So we want to make sure that we stay relevant. Um, so what do you think about this whole University of, o- of Oklahoma thing, Felicia? Like, I think that that's the kind of stuff that happens all the time, and this time it got leaked. And, you know, I'm sure that stuff like this happens on both sides of the table. I'm sure that it's not just, you know... This is not a one-time incident. This is not just, you know, these guys. I'm sure it happens on the regular. For me, I think the question is so much deeper. Like, it feels like, you know, recently we've been experiencing a whole lot of, like, race relational things. And people people like to call uh, this time period post-racial or post-racist America or something like that. But the fact of the matter is that everybody, well, people on on both sides are still dealing with it. And I don't know if there's ever a time that it just stops. You know, I don't know if we ever get a chance to experience that or if something like this situation just perpetuates 
stereotypes and perpetuates racism even more. Yeah, I don't think that it'll ever stop. It, I, that's really sad for me to say. Um, and even to hear me say that, it's like, man, that's crazy that that's really reality. But that's real. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that they actually just got caught doing it. And, I mean, actions were taken. Like, they suspended the whole chapter. Um, they expelled the students that they that were on the video that were kind of spearheading this chant. And just in case you've been... Um, like not involved in what's going on in the world. Uh, basically, a fraternity called Sigma Alpha Epsilon um, at the University of Oklahoma was caught saying a chant during their uh, ride to like some type of event that their chapter, their fraternity was doing. And in the in the chant, um, they used the, the N word and they said that the ends will never enter into this organization. And so, you know, you can go online and Google it and kind of you know see it for yourself. The roughest part was when they said, you can hang them from a tree, you but they'll never die with me. I thought, like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a so minute. Where are we? What year is it? Yeah, it's, it? And it's 2015. And again, the point is that this is probably happening on a regular basis. But the point is that no one is, it, this just got leaked. It, somebody actually recorded it and said, man, this is so not cool. Um, and I don't even know if they said this is so not cool. Maybe they put it on there with the intention of saying, ha, ha, ha. But it just totally backfired in their faces. And I don't think so. That person was anonymous. We, don't, we still don't know who it was. Yeah. Exactly, but they can they can see the angle. Like, yeah, they were sitting three rows behind. Like, who was sitting in that seat? And everybody on the bus was, you know, not necessarily a part of the organization, but affiliated with it for sure. Um, so this this is something that it it's sad. Like, just across the board yeah. for everybody that's a part of it. And what's so crazy is what I went to um, to you know kind of google some more information about it uh one of the organizations which is like one of the the uh, black black union organizations that's on campus they were like we're not surprised we deal with this on a regular basis like it's sad this is not yeah not shocking to people this is something that is normal like yeah but you know when you think about a remedy to this kind of situation and again, this is not just racism with these guys. This is racism, period. When you're dealing with the topic of racism and you're dealing with what people might consider inequalities and you're trying to find, you know, a root cause or a root solution, at the end of the day, the only way that we change is if we individually make the choice to change. Mm -hmm. Just because the university slapped them on the wrist or just because the university demonstrated that they didn't agree by shutting them down, the only way we stop things like this is by me individually making the choice to say there are certain things I'm going to say, certain things I'm not going to say. And me teaching my child what she can say and what she cannot say, what is okay, what is not okay. Yeah. And so until we start to take the personal onus on how we personally live our lives and how we influence those around us, this stuff will go on for forever. And it's, I think it starts with us. Like, it starts in our community. And... It's sad to say, but it's so many of us that use the N-word. And we use it as a term of endearment. We use it as we're talking about our homies. We use it as we're talking about our friends. But what happens is that from, like, my daughter's generation, they can't differentiate the difference. They they just hear the word, and they think that it's okay to utilize it. And it doesn't just stop at the African-American culture. Like, every culture still uses that term for, you know, friendship or homies or, yeah, that's my boy. Boy, that's my end you know what I'm saying like it's it's just a word that kind of flies out so but I think what really stung was see when you put that ER 
at the end of it, it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, now you intentionally using it, you know, for like the original <laughs> purpose of it. Like, you, yeah. you're, way, you're taking it way too far. So, okay, that's another yeah. thing that's random because we could go on about this topic, which I think we need to really discuss this on our on live chat. Like, we need to totally do a um a topic about you know racism and and how it's, it's still applicable and how we can erase it if that's a, if that's possible yeah erase is a big word we can surely put a dent on in it with the people that are around us i think we're going to have to you know take some personal responsibility and we can put a dent in it we can influence those people who are in our circles and beyond and hopefully that kind of change will trickle that you're not going to be able to force a new mindset on somebody. You're not going to be able to force yeah, you, yeah, that, that Missouri, that Missouri connection is like messing you up right now. You sound like a robot, but I hear what you're saying, basically. <laughs> so on a lighter note, um, did you hear about this $7.3 million settlement that the Marvin Gaye estate had? Like from the, uh, you know, they were in court for Blurred Lines, the song with, yeah. um, yeah, with Robin Thicke and Pharrell. So they just awarded them $7.3 million dollars for that song and I was listening to the song and I was like I didn't really even hear any connection really but then I saw I found something on YouTube and I'm gonna play it for everybody and then you can make a choice so listen to this yeah I we actually how can you can you hear me okay right now yeah li listen to the listen to this song dog I want you to hear it okay hear I'm ready I'm ready it's on right now Can you hear that, Felicia? No. Oh, you can't hear that. Well, anyway, it's basically a comparison between the two songs. But it makes it makes more sense, like when they're actually playing it together. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see how <laughs> how they would think. Yeah. That that's actually. You know, that's so funny. We just listened to. I just listened to that mashup with my sister and my brother-in-law a couple of days ago. And yeah. we just listened to it, so it's really interesting that you're bringing it up right now. But the, I think the bigger question is, like, if we go and do that, if we're going to make that comparison, then how many artists sample music that intentionally? Like, what do we do about those guys? Do they have to, do they accredit? Do they have to go back and go through a lawsuit, too? What's the difference between this case and others? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And I think that they should. Like, it's, it's one thing to sample it and give someone credit for it. But it's another thing yeah. to sample it and say, no, it had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I think that that was their stance was, no, this is not even like, you know, similar to that. We didn't even think about that song when we wrote this. And, yeah, the court said, stop it. Give them $7.3 million. Yeah. <laughs> if you go back and listen to Robin Thicke in some of those interviews, if you listen to some of his interviews about blurred lines and talking about that whole thing, he does go try to go back and cover it up and say, yeah, um, but, you know, we, we sample from a whole lot of people, and we sample from, we take, we have lots of musical influences. So he tries to go back and cover it up as if, you know, he's not just sampling from him as an artist. That's just what artists do. 
Right, exactly. Which is is not really what artists do because it's it's <laughs> artists out there that compose original music all day, every day. Like that's actually what they do. Right. They actually do original music. So you know, and and no slight on them because they're fantastic artists. They're super talented. It's just one of the things that they just you know they got caught up in a lawsuit and they lost seven point yeah. million dollars. Yeah, we should ask loss. Caleb about that. Like, does yeah, he sample from other people? What yeah. does I mean? What is an artist supposed to do? Like. What would have been the proper etiquette for Robin Thicke in this situation as a musician? Because I'm sure he deals with that on the regular. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. and uh, Not a break, but we're going to play some music for you guys. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Brandon Freeman um, on our religiosity segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Everybody get up.
It's that new love. 
everybody. Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. We are back from our um, our music break. I hope you guys enjoyed that music. Um, I played a couple of things. The last song was, of course, my sissy, Maddie Michelle, New Love. That song is available on iTunes and Amazon, as I put that plug in there. And she's uh, releasing her video this Sunday for that actual song. So make sure that y'all are like focused on social media for Sunday because we're going to be blowing it up. Um, but welcome back, basically. And Felicia, all of the background... Like I can tell that you are traveling. <laughs> as the as the horn blows in the background. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought I put you on mute. <laughs> so we're back, and we have a very um, special guest that is in the studio right now, which is like a really, really dear and great friend of mine. I love him like to pieces. Uh, we've been friends for oh, B. We've been friends for a minute. I don't even, I don't even remember how we met. That's how, <laughs> that's how long it's been. What? How did we even meet? Um, you know, I mean, just kind of when we playing I mean, drums and stuff, and yeah. just kind of we just always in we the mix in, together. Yeah, we were. You know, what I'm saying three six nine. You know, three six nine. Yes, Club three six nine. Like funny. shout out to Omar Jawar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we we have a uh, beat in the studio right now. So Brandon, introduce yourself to the listeners, man. Tell them a little bit about you. Yo, what up? What up? I am uh, Brandon Freeman. I am currently a pastor, um, but uh, I'm Woo-hoo! a music- musician as well. <laughs> musician slash artist slash Renaissance man slash 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 slash. I, I do everything. I do a little bit of everything. God kind of blessed me uh, with a blessing and a curse, and that is. I do a lot of stuff, so I'm a jack of all trades and master of none, I guess. <laughs> no, don't say that. You know? <laughs> Why would you even put that? <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. That is not true. Like, you, you've mastered a lot of things. That's exactly why you're here right well, now on, on the somebody. platform. Yeah, because you've, like. I'm somewhat successful. You are. I mean, you, you've, like, done a lot of things in your life. Yeah. Like, we just talked about it on break. I mean, you've traveled the world. Like, yeah. you've lived in New York. You've lived in Vegas. You've, you know, you've ministered. On the on a platform of thousands of people listening to you, so please yeah. don't don't <laughs> don't don't downplay yourself like that. Don't please. Pray for <laughs> You're not doing that on live chat radio, okay? Um, and, and you not are live chat, man. not on live chat, man. What you say? <laughs> I said not on live. Chat. Not on live chat. Yeah, we're not doing that on live chat radio. Um, but, you know, again, because you have been grinding for so long, mm-hmm. like, you know, you said on a break, you're 33 years old yeah. and, you know, you've seen a lot of things in your life. So let's we, we want to talk about um, work ethic and just that grind mentality, especially in the church. Yeah. You know, like like being a you were. Uh, before a singles pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Were you like the singles and young, yeah, adult young adults? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so talk about that a little bit, like um, how it's important to have a really hard working mentality, even in the church. Oh man. Well, I mean, like I was a young adults pastor. I've been a youth pastor. Um, and the thing about it is if you don't get out and grind and work and meet people and make connections and network, then what happens is you begin to kind of live and your own falsehood of what it is to be successful. Yeah. But um, in most churches, it's a numbers game, mm-hmm. if you will. And so if you come in the gate and it's 100 people, they hire you to double that. They hire you to triple that. So it's like, how do you do that? Well, right. you got to get out and make relationships happen. And you got to get out and get to the community, go into the schools. You know what I mean? Just kind of be where people are. Yeah. And so especially in young adult ministry, because the millennial generation, which is... Uh, I pastored from 18 to 35 ages. 
And uh, those type of people, they're in so many places because everybody's looking for a place to belong. Mm. So you got to work hard so that your place be the place that they belong. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's I mean, come on, James. In James chapter 2, it's like faith without works. Ooh. Is dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you got as much faith as you want to. If you ain't working, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, if you're not working, it is a wrap. Like you ain't getting you ain't making no progress. You so listen, if God told you to work <laughs> See, it's not just Live Chat Radio. You feel it ain't me? just E. It yeah. ain't just Brandon. It ain't just Felicia. Yeah. The Lord <laughs> said on, you got to work. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's really super important, man. So tell me about, um, like, with this generation, you talked about, talked about the millennial generation. Sometimes they feel like that's not necessary. Mm. Like, I think that, you know, you say you're 33, I'm 35. Felicia, what, you're 33? Three thirty-two, like it, it kind of comes easier for us because I feel like we've been doing it for a really long time. Um, but for the the millennial generation, they're coming into um, an instantaneous, mm-hmm. you know, type of mentality. Right. Like everything is technology; everything happens so quickly, and so they sometimes they don't feel like they have to work hard for that. So, what would you say to those type of people? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the issue is the culture has changed drastically uh when you talk about technology oh man that kind of that almost set us back even though it was forward thinking Mm. it set people back because now people have this extreme microwave mentality yes so no matter whether it's a job or no matter whether it's because because like so when you go to a job and they look at your resume the reason why they want to know that you have education is because they want to know that you, you're, you're able to build something, yeah. that you're able to work on something. And so they look at your work history mm-hmm. to see what, how long you've stayed at these different places. And so a lot of people, they see all of this stuff flashing in media, right. and it's like, what can I do to get that? And the faster, the better. But nobody really wants to care about the process. Right. They want the palace without the process. Oh, it's all and, in the process. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, my, my saying to people is always, if you fall in love with the process, then success is easy, it's easier to achieve. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you this example. If I wanted to be an NBA player, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, okay, cool. My goal is to get to the NBA. I go throughout whatever it takes for me to get to the NBA. And when I get to the NBA, they tell me, no, you didn't make it. Well, because I fell in love with the process, I was successful because in the process I got faster. I got mm-hmm. stronger. My jumper got better. I shot a better three shot. You know what I mean? Just right. the things, things I still grew, although I didn't atten- obtain the goal. So it's like fall in love with the process, not just the goal. How do you fall in love with the process, though? That's really difficult for a lot of people to do because that means that you have to fall in love with the hard work. You have to fall in love yes. with the nose. <laughs> you have to fall in love with the disappointments. Yes. You have to fall in love with people saying, even when you reach when you get yeah. to your goal and you're at the door of your goal and they lock it and right. they say no nah, you can't come in this way exactly. like you have to figure out a totally different alternative route so like how like what's the process of falling in love with the process the process of falling in love with the process is it's all about understanding when you get to that point what do you hope to get out of it mm. because you can get there and lose it yeah but the thing about it is if you know what you went through to get it 
Yeah. Then when you get there, it means more to you. And then people who coming after you, you just won't let any other anybody just kind of get what you got because of what you went through to get it. So it's like, I thank God for the hard times. I thank God for all of the no's because when I finally got that yes, it was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep this yes because I went through so many no's to get it. I can't imagine uh, the first time I did anything, somebody was like, cool, yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have appreciated it. It would have been about me. You know what I mean? It would have boosted my ego out of this world. And so I just feel like that's almost a trick, if you will. You know, God is like, yeah, you can't win the lottery because I know how you're going to be when you win the lottery. Listen, I got a list under my bed. It's like, when I win the lottery, <laughs> this is where my money gonna go. You feel me? <laughs> that's where yeah, that's real talk though. Exactly. Like it's a lot of people that's like, man, why don't why won't the Lord bless me with millions of dollars? And yeah. and it's like, but you can't even you don't even pay your tithe. Period. And and we're not even talking about to a church, but you just not even giving ten percent of your time, your exactly. money, or anything to benefit somebody else. Yeah. And you trying to figure yeah. out why. God is not blessing you yeah. with the millions. If and I don't, ideas. if I don't teach you to run with the ball properly, I can give you the ball on the two yard line mm. and you can still fumble it. Yeah. So I may as well teach you how to run with it properly. So no matter wherever you get it, you can make it to the touchdown. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. so good. You, you, yeah. You're so good at all of these like <laughs> these little <laughs> quotes. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, that's that's a win right there. So we're talking about I I wanted to mention this because we said something about the no, like how important that no is. And one of my good friends and clients, Gino Eichelhart, put it on his page the other day about trusting the no. Like, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yes, that's a word. (laughs) I mean, trusting the no, the same way that you trust the yes, you have to trust the no and you have to trust it because it's just as important. And sometimes it's even more important because the no can either break you or it can make you and it can stop you or it can make you go full force and, you know, pursue your dreams. So, yeah, the the generation of the now generation, the generation X and the millennial generation, it's all in the know. I want y'all to hear that. Yeah. Like er, even though you may be hearing no's in your life right now, I feel so churchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't care what somebody <laughs> But for real though, like you yeah. gonna hear some no's. Like you can't stop at the no's. You have to keep going, right? Yeah. So so talk about um your new endeavor be with the ministry and you actually oh, stepping out man. and becoming a pastor. Like you're a pastor. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like in real life. In real life. <laughs> you actually have a logo and everything. Right. You have a name of a church. I'm official, son. <laughs> you actually had somebody do graphics for you. Come like, on, somebody. I got a graphics department and everything. <laughs> We, you got a team live. of people. Right. So tell me, talk talk to me about that. Like, how did you even transition from the church that you were at to saying, I want to go full-time ministry for myself? Okay, awesome. Um, well, shout out to Tutu Ministry. Uh, shout out to NB Church, all that. Um, man, being doing what I do, uh, I didn't do it for a check. I did it because I was in love with the culture. Mm-hmm. Just uh, my burden is for the millennial generation because that's my generation. Yeah. So it's just kind of like being in the church atmosphere and understanding that people want more, they want something different and they want something tangible. Yeah. And when church becomes 
church, mm-hmm. then it loses the focus of Jesus. Um, you know, no shots to any church out there, but I'm just saying. What do you, when you say that church, when church becomes church, because mm-hmm. that's the same word, like, right. like what is becoming church? Oh, here mean? we go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You are the church, mm. but when you don't know that, you fall in love with a building. Right. So the building holds you in this this capsule of this is what church is, but that's false. You are the church, so you bring church to the building. So it's like when you don't know that though, then it's it's easy to get locked into. I'm gonna do this 90 minute service. Right. Worship is gonna be 15 minutes. Then we're gonna do offering. Like and so people become robots to the system. Of what church can be mm-hmm. without just, you know, coming in like I brought I brought worship with me. Right. So we got somebody leading us, but I brought worship. You know what I mean? Right. So um, the, the millennial generation, they're looking for a place that they belong. So you see all of this behavior and activity and all of this crazy stuff going on in the culture. People are trying to belong to something. Yes. And um, I heard this quote that said, um, People believe what they believe because it's the belief of where they belong. Wow. And so uh, I want to change what they believe by creating a space they can belong. So we are embarking on this journey of I am church. Uh, that's the name of the church. I love the name of this church. I, <laughs> I absolutely am church. Love it. It's the I am church. And that is to get people out of the mentality of what church is. Yeah. And uh, I don't care who you are. Gay, lesbian, straight, uh, punk rocker, uh, gothic, whoever you are, you're welcome. This is a true come-as-you-are ministry. You're welcome because it's not my job to try to approve who you are. It's my job to accept who you are yes. and lead you to God. That's it. And so wow. I just want to show the, share the love of Christ with the city. And, and that that's everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? So the beautiful thing about us is we're going to start off having service in a club. Shout out to RBC. Shout out to RBC. <laughs> Shout out to Tammy. Tammy and you Jeff. Know? Uh, so uh, who has church in a club? We just found out somebody is doing it in Arlington, and mm-hmm. they've been doing it for two years. Mm-hmm. That's not impressive to me if i've never heard of it right so for me i'm going to secular radio stations i'm going to secular venues i'm going to secular media and i'm going to let everybody know i am building a a place where you can belong where you will fit in where it will be real you walk through the door and feel like people really love you you know yeah and it's genuine it's genuine and we've talked about this so many times on the show about the importance of relationships and ministries like people when people leave church they don't leave the church for the building they leave because somebody hurt their feelings or because they were offended by somebody in ministry or in leadership and so it's all about the damaged relationships Mm -hmm. is what's causing people to be done quote unquote with you know the the church experience right so um and it's so funny because when you called me uh a couple weeks ago to talk about this like me and tammy had just had a conversation um about starting you know, like a Bible study or something at her venue because she was like, I'm a believer. You yeah. know, I, I love God, but I'm always working. And so how do I balance that? How do I still say that, man, I have 
friends that are bikers and that you know have alternative lifestyles yeah. but still are looking for something they, they're still searching everybody, yes. everybody wants to know what their purpose is everybody wants to find peace in their life everybody yeah. wants to be cohesive with you know with, with the God connection you exactly. know and so when you basically take people out of the church building quote unquote and you basically are bringing the church to them mm-hmm. so you're meeting people where they are that's and I think that doing. that's a phenomenal thing on, I'm so proud it. of you B thank you so much oh my goodness you got a church we, we, we scared and nervous but you know what I'm saying we know that God is in control and uh, we haven't seen this done in the city you yeah. know it's we haven't seen this done and so it's like the first rule of leadership is to break the rules yeah you know and so i'm breaking every rule no limitations apply to me where people see limitations i see opportunity yeah and so it's like you know that's where i am so give me specifics about the first service we already know it's going to be at rbc um you have the address for rbc yes 2617 commerce street yeah dallas texas deep ellum. uh yeah deep ellum we right in the right in the heart of it all you yes. go up you go north one mile is rich Yep. You go south one mile, it's poverty. We right in the middle of it. Here's the thing. At the I Am Church, millionaire and single mom will worship in the same space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care who you are. We we all got two things in common, and that is we all got sin, and we all need a savior. Yes. How you walk that out, that's you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's my job to give it to you. So April 19th. We going. We launching a uh, soft lunch. Uh, come on out for a coffee and conversation. And uh, it'll be a moment of me sharing my heart, sharing my vision. I wrote a book. I think the book will be available by then. Uh, just kind of getting people to know me and what yeah. know what we're after. And so April 19th, 10 a.m. at RBC Deep Ellum. 10 a.m. RBC, April the 19th. Boom. 2617 Commerce Street. It's in the it's in Deep Alum. It's right next to Twisted Root. And if you've been to any of my shows, you've been to RBC. Yeah. Because that's somebody. like that's like our home <laughs> that's in Deep Alum. Like that's that's my spot right there. So, so that's Twisted Root next door? Yes, yeah, Twisted Oh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they open at 10 o'clock in the morning, OB. But they'll be open by noon. By or noon, something. they will Come definitely be open. So we're yeah. gonna head, we're gonna do coffee and conversation and then head over to the Twisted and Root get for that some burger. lunch. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you so love much. Love you for so much. Thank you, show, man. I really appreciate. And I'm coming it. back because I gotta meet Felicia. So. You have to meet Felicia in person. Yeah. Like her, yeah. She's in Missouri and her phone disconnected. So she's probably listening right now. We miss you. We, we miss you. Call back. Um, but so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play some more music. Um, you just heard Brandon Freeman from the I Am Church. Come on, I Am Church. I Am Church. Yeah. Um, so listen, we're gonna put some more information on our live chat radio page, all of our social media sites. So make sure you you follow him. What? Give me your social media stuff. Uh, I gr- Instagram. I was gonna say I G. Uh, it is the letter B. Unique Freeman. Uh, Twitter, I don't even know what that is. Just look for me, Brandon Freeman. I ain't hard to find. Uh, Facebook, Brandon Unique Freeman. That's what I'm mostly on. Yeah. Holla at your boy, man. You know yeah, man. I mean? Make sure that you guys connect April the 19th. I really want, I, I, I think I'm going to. I was supposed to be out of town, but I, I really want to be there. So make sure that you guys come out and support on April the 19th. Yeah. I'm very excited about this this new path that yeah. God is taking you on. We'll do April 19th, pause for a week, and then May 3rd, 
that next Sunday, we full blown every yeah. Sunday. So May third, man, every Sunday, and we you still gonna be at RBC, right? RBC, man. Yeah, so there you go. It's gonna be on Sundays from ten to twelve. So come yeah. out, come man. to the club. Yeah, come to the club. <laughs> It's going to be really, really cool experience. I'm very excited about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I'm going to play a little PJ because I like this song. Come so, on, Peach. Uh, <laughs> PJ Moore, this is gibberish. Uh, there you go. You know that real love, right? Sometimes you can't explain it. It just comes out like gibberish. Your picture, wishing I could be with you, but I'll see you soon. Nevertheless, I still get so anxious, it never gets old to me. My love just grows kind. I can't explain it. It's like blah 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 blah. I can't find the words for this love. It comes out like blah 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 blah. This love is so marvelous. Just comes out like gibberish. Blah blah blah.
hearts dwelling in the past, searching for the honesty in all that jazz. What are we here for? What are we doing? Last time I checked, thought it was screwing, girl. And when I think of me and you and all the things that we've been through and going through and stepping back to view the picture, hoping for a brighter day, girl. Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. Thanks for tuning in and staying with us um, for our second half, second hour of Live Chat Radio. Felicia is back. Hey, girl. Hi, Esther. <laughs> I'm back. You, you got through all of the crazy Yeah, you got through all of the bad reception and stuff, right? It's kind of clear now, so that's you sound good now. I will stay still until we're done. Please, just for these just purposes. don't move. Just stay right there. So we have another special okay. guest in the studio today. All of our guests are special. Uh, <laughs> just, just so you know, I say that, Terrence, I say that for everybody, but you are special um, because you have a fantastic that. foundation and organization that we're going to be talking about. But welcome, Terrence Maiden, to Live Chat Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. I'm very glad that you're here. Um, so we're going to be talking about. Obviously, we're talking about grinding and working hard. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and, and really how um, your life has evolved from hard work. So tell it first of all, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and tell them about Two Wins Foundation. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. Um, 
Terrence. I uh, actually grew up here in Dallas and uh, attended Carter High School, graduated. Carter. And then uh, ended up uh, playing football at TCU. Uh, had a good tenure there and then graduated. Uh, my twin brother and I uh, both played ball at TCU. And I went into commercial real estate development, uh, building shopping centers, and Tim went into banking. And about five years out, out of college, we decided to launch a foundation mm-hmm. uh, that was really centered about uh, building communities and changing lives. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe, but uh, in uh, next month, we'll be celebrating 10 years. Wow. 10 years. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's been an awesome run. That's great. Well, we certainly appreciate that. 10 years, man. So <laughs> tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously, the foundation is for um, the community. And it's, is it yeah. specifically for inner city? Yeah. It's, uh, so our mission is build communities and change lives. And uh, we've kind of focused our efforts on in inner city communities uh, across Dallas, uh, also in Fort Worth. We also have done some projects in different states. Uh, but, you know, typically our, our projects are centered around education where uh, we do a lot of uh, college uh, tours. We do mm. career exposure, you know, just taking and encouraging, taking inner city kids and encouraging them to achieve that next goal and level in life. It's right. been our focus. And then also we do a few charitable events a year where we have a huge toy drive called Soulful Christmas. Yes. Uh, here we do uh a number of different things in the communities. Yeah, we've, we've actually had the opportunity, uh, my client, Gino Igerhart, Locke Johnson and Ivory Jean, shout out to y'all. Um, we've had the opportunity to perform at your at the Christmas event. Yeah, Rock the House. Uh, yeah, man. It, and it was so, it was really inspiring because you get a group of people, and it's a large group of people, mind you. It's like yeah. three, four hundred <laughs> people yeah. at these events, Terrence. Um, so I love that the impact that you've had on the community has been able to translate into so many different areas and fields of work. You you know, right, you have right. people that are millionaires. You have people that are in media and press and news anchors and all this kind of stuff that's coming together for one specific cause. And that's to really better the community. So absolutely kudos to you. man. I appreciate like, that. Thank I think that so it's much. such a, a great um, foundation. And you really you really have a really large focus on fathers, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, specifically within the community. So talk a little bit about that because you guys do yeah. like father events. Yeah, we uh Last year was really more of a focus for us. We started the fatherhood initiative. It was uh, uh, birthed with the with a vision from President uh, Barack Obama with his fatherhood initiative. And so we wanted to bring that to Dallas. So we partnered with the White House uh, actually on the first event and it went very well. And so we saw a unique opportunity to. Uh, reach out to brothers uh, that may be struggling to to build that relationship uh, with their uh, children uh, and try to find avenues and opportunities for them to foster better relationships uh, with their children. So uh, we host events where it's the father's night out, you Mm -hmm. know, where they can bring their kids. This year we're going to actually try to partner with someone or do it ourselves, a father date night with their daughters, things like that to foster better relationships. And like just the need for or really the absence of fathers Mm -hmm. in our community specifically in the african-american community like it's so important to have organizations like yours that really focus on the need for that and the empowerment of you know fathers the young fathers older fathers people that are really trying to you know gain more benefits from their relationship with their children um i mean like how do you feel about the lack of representation from a black man perspective 
in uh, society yeah, in general. You know, it's, it's it's interesting. I think it's generational right now. Just the feedback that we've got from a lot of different young men that come out, and one of the challenges too is although we embrace the brothers that come out, we also should have conversations with mothers, yeah. you know, yes. and how yeah. to uh, better improve relationships with, with the fathers that, especially those that want to be involved and they feel like every time they try this, it's either they're getting talked down to the, you know, by the mother and, you know, coming up with better relational uh, opportunities where they can foster a uh, better working relationship as it comes to parenting. I think that's one of the bigger struggles. Um, and then also uh, for fathers to understand that th- there's no such thing as a perfect dad, you know, mm. and uh, yeah. being willing to uh, accept that and just, you know, each day is a new day and try hard to build those relationships with their children. Yeah. Do you think that there is a misconception among maybe women that, because I think women are always waiting for the man to do something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking just from a, a single mom's perspective, I think there's a part of us that waits for the father to reach out and kind of be active, um, to kind of take the initiative upon themselves. But I've found in my personal experience that, like, if I don't encourage it, if I don't reach out, if I don't say anything, then it's, it's like the invitation is not open. And so... Uh, yeah. So, do you do you think there's some truth there? Do you think that there's a place for for women to speak up and say something? Like, how does that work? I think you you said one word that stood out that I think is really the uh, the epicenter of like building that relationship with the father and this encourage. I mm-hmm. think uh, it's not what you say; it's how you say it and when you say it. Uh, for most men, and believe it or not, the, all the guys that I visit with, they actually want to have a proactive role in their kids' life. And even me as a father, I I struggle with being a father. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that you learn each day. You know, you make mistakes along the way, but, you know, those simple yeah. uh, words of encouragement when, when the father is doing something good, you know, encourage that and, 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 and also uh, let him know that you see that and admire that. And that yeah. gives us more uh, encouragement along the way to want to be more involved. Yeah. And then we also... I think- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go for it. Keep going. No, 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 I, no think that, going. I think that we'll also be more, you know... Uh, it's when you can encourage us, then we can we can receive constructive criticism better. Mm-hmm. But if it's always a nagging, you know, pessimistic sort of um, feedback that you're getting from the mothers, it makes it a lot more challenging. Yeah, you might need to come to our next live chat live event you because we, we talk about that whole communication piece uh, amongst us all the time at those events. We talk about how men communicate with women, how women communicate with men. And at the end of the day, we would probably both get more of what we wanted if we learned how to communicate effectively to one another. And we say that all the time, you know, we say it, but really to communicate to a man like he needs to be communicated to is going to have, it's like the the polar opposite of our nature Mm -hmm. (laughs) and vice versa. It's like we have to turn something off and turn something else on in order to communicate how it needs to be done. It's, and it's beautiful the way God did that because it's so opposite of our nature. But well, you know, like, Felicia, it's really feel, like we got to become somebody else. I feel like it, I feel like we're nurturers, though. Women are nurturers in yeah, general. Absolutely. I think we should be. Yeah, we should be. I mean, that's how God created us. Like, they, he created us to be 
the rib of the man to be the support system and uh, the covering, basically. And so when you're talking about um, how women communicate, what happens is that, especially for single mothers, we're so used to having to fluctuate between both roles. You know, we have to be yeah. the, the father-ish um, and then we have to be the mother as well. And really, we can be the father the same way that men can be the mother. Sure. And so being able to stay in that area of not talking to the man like they're our children mm -hmm. and not nagging them because we want it to happen when we want it to happen. Sure. You know, you seen that towel on the floor. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You want to that towel. You seen those dishes in the sink and you you just, you know, ignored it. It's our our thinking patterns are different, but the way that we operate with each other should be as treating mm -hmm. each other with respect and adults, right? No, I agree. Uh, you know, it's interesting that I'm, the book that I'm reading right now is called Crucial Conversations. Uh, and, you know, communicating with other people is an art. And it's something yeah. that if you don't work on it, if you're not intentional, uh, you'll revert back to your typical habits. And I, what I noticed that um, although women are nurturing, when there's a sense of bitterness or angry or anger uh, that is r deeply rooted, uh, those emotions come out and mm -hmm. they may not, yeah. uh, it may not be intentional, but those are very obvious. And a lot of times relationships are strained uh, and there's a, a spiral effect where it just continues to go downhill because we're not able to proactively communicate with others. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Oh. And look, we, we're so off topic because we, <laughs> look. <laughs> yeah, we're you, hit, you hit a little hot button. <laughs> I know. We're talking about relationships, but the point of this conversation <laughs> is we're supposed to be talking about grinding. And <laughs> we're about it all goes together. It all goes together. It does, because when you have two totally. people that are working toward the same goal, mm -hmm. then you just, you know, you have, you, you get way more progress. Absolutely. So, um, okay, so let's, get back just okay, a little bit let's right. back step just a few minutes um, we'll have to have you back for another conversation yes. about no, relationships sure, and sure. fatherhood <laughs> and and we really need you on the life chat panel like mm -hmm. you would be yeah you you would be great on the panel um so let's talk about the accomplishments that you've made from like really focusing on hard work and mm -hmm. i mean you said that you went to carter graduated from tcu um you know you've had a successful Go Frogs. yeah <laughs> right exactly you've had a successful mm -hmm. foundation for 10 years like of course hard work had to play a really big role into that right mm -hmm. so if you have and you're only 25 years old right <laughs> 20, i wish <laughs> <laughs> not really terrence not no. really not quite <laughs> just a couple of years off <laughs> so you've had the um you, you've had the opportunity to you know really impact the community and again that all came from hard work so talk to us a little bit like if you have an entrepreneur that's coming in and saying man i really want to be where you are you know i, I see you as a mentor what type of advice would you give them um the uh the, the biggest thing is to to tap into your passion um and then you know remain very focused on what you are created to to do and um and the the uh unique calling that's over your life but you can't one of the struggles I see with a lot of young uh, guys that I mentor is that they're all over the place. And mm. I think that if you yeah. if you have a set goal and vision for your life and you can just really attack that. Uh, and then also uh, find that thing that's going to motivate you, that's going to inspire you to keep going. For me, it was fear. Uh, I was uh, always fearful of being a failure. 
Uh, I know people say that a lot, but that really drove me, especially in my line of, of business uh, uh, with my day to day work where you know, I'm the only African-American real estate developer in Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm. And so um, I, I, I wanted to represent very well. And I want to be the guy that stay, stayed in the race and yeah. didn't quit. And so that would keep me up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning working. Uh, it get me up early in the morning. The same thing with our foundation. Uh, when you have your passion and heart at heart, it drives you. So you uh, you don't get tired. You know, yeah. you just keep grinding yeah. and keep working it. Absolutely. Like talk about your passion for just the community and and kids in general, mm-hmm. um, specifically for the inner city community. Like, like how did it even come about as far as starting to wins? Like, where did the idea for the foundation come from? Well, we um, it was uh, it was actually right out the church. You know, we, we were sitting around my parents' house, and we were just uh, t- Tim and I were just talking about what could we do to make a difference, and what was really the bridge because we were talking about some classmates at Carter our senior year we had 30 guys to get D1 scholarships to colleges and only eight of us graduated so what happened to the other 22 they lost focus and they didn't seize the moment and so we wanted to figure out what would be the way to bridge that gap for us we felt like it was education and also career exposure Uh, it's kind of a two-edged sword because if you can you can have an educated fool but you can have someone that you know has major aspirations for a career but don't have the education so they work hand in hand so that's kind of drove our focus and it evolved over time you know we've learned a lot Uh, initially um, with two wins, we want to just be uh, funders of other organizations, whether it's Big Brothers, Big Sister, the YMCA, where we just give money. Yeah. And then we uh, we started doing programs, and it's like, wow, you you take two hundred kids to TCU and let them be on the wow. college campus for the first time and go to a football game and look at their eyes. It's contagious. Yes. It's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> let's, let's do let's do uh, something that's going to be even bigger. And so that that was yeah, really how do you balance all of this? Like. Like, you got a foundation that feels like, I feel like you guys are always doing something. And you guys don't do small stuff. Like, At if all. you're going to do it, then y'all do it all the way. You do it all the way big. It sounds like you would have a staff of a ton of people. You've got that. You're working full time. You're a real estate developer. How do you find the time to balance? Your dad, you know, how does that work? Um, it's a struggle. I mean, I, uh, I have done a much better job at finding balance. Uh, initially I was very poor of it and I think it affected a lot of relationships early on. And now, um, I'm at the level of maturity where I see the importance of finding that balance. And so what we've done was, um, we scaled back to a lot of the events that our foundation hosts each year. Instead of doing 12, we do six really good events you know where we can uh focus our time and balance that out and then with work um i just learned how to be a little bit more patient you know and just uh let things happen and not be as aggressive you know so i can spend more time with my kids and uh really nurture those relationships wow yeah i think that that is that is the the, one of the toughest parts of being kind of in grind mode my mom had a good sermon with me. I tell people all the time, I'm in Missouri because my mom made me do it. But my, and she has the same conversation with me pretty much every year about, you know, 
she when she was when we were growing up as children, she was always working. My mom has worked her way up the corporate ladder working for Baylor. Mm-hmm. She worked very hard. She's a very hard working, diligent woman. And it's been in her older years that she has kind of regretted not spending as much time growing up or not as much time with us like vacationing and doing things like that. So whenever there's an opportunity for our family to take a pause and it's been time with one another, she she tells us to do it. And it's so counterintuitive. I think of people who are really diligent grinders because, you know, we got to pay the bills. You still have to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. You still have to make stuff happen. And so being able to stop and say, all right, the day is over. I'm going to go spend some time with my children. Or it's spring break. I'm going to still work. I'm just not going to work as hard. I think that is that is some of the hardest stuff that I have learned being self-employed. It's hard. It takes, and it takes a, start, a, a really big level of faith. Yes. Yeah, it does yes. to find that balance. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if it's, it's it'll ever be a consistent balance because, mm-hmm. you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we have to work in extremes. Sure. We have to, you know, yeah. give all of our focus um, on a specific <coughs> thing for an X amount of time right. in order to get the right. results that we're looking for. Like, Two Wins Foundation <laughs> celebrating ten years. <laughs> Coming when? Yeah. When is the ten year the celebration? Uh, we're uh, we're doing our big gala on May thirtieth. Um, so we're that's going to be the big celebration, and uh, we're we're so excited about it. It's uh, just a day. Just let me a, tell you, your invitation looks fabulous. I appreciate it. I <laughs> uh, know <laughs> we had such a great design group to work on it. So. Yeah, Zoe Communications. <laughs> so you said it's going to be. Yeah, you said it's going to be May 30th. Tell us a little bit more. Like, what what else? Um, what's next, rather? Mm-hmm. Not even what else, but what's next for Two Wins? You know, we uh, that's a good question. And actually, we're transitioning with our foundation uh, as we speak. Uh, we uh, launched in a, an incredible initiative last year uh, in partnership with IM Second. Uh, so we're, the launch is I Rise, uh, which is I Respond, I Inspire. I serve and I evolve. And so there's a a lot of things that we want to do with that. We were in Cincinnati visiting with Usher and his group about partnership. Uh, We actually purchased a clothing line uh, that we're looking to expand and rebrand a brand called Rise Clothing. So there's a lot of things that we're working on uh, with this whole Rise piece because uh, the feedback we've been getting from a lot of the students that we work with is that Although our programs are good and they benefit, uh, it really doesn't get to the root of some of the core issues Mm -hmm. that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can encourage uh, young people to respond to the calling that's over their life, you know, if you can get them to find that source of inspiration and then also if you can get them to start thinking about others and serving, uh, they evolve as a person. not awesome either. (laughs) But that's good, though. That's key. They they have to do that in order to be the success story that they are destined to become. Sure, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's so great. Well, Terrence, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank Live you for Chat having Radio. me. Yeah, How can they great. connect? How can they connect to? Yeah, our uh, our website. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. But our e- uh, website is www.two-wins.org. Uh, wins.org. Please follow us on Facebook uh, and visit our website. We got a lot of interesting projects coming up 
and um, are they is the gala open to yeah, the public? Yeah, yeah, it's open to the public. Okay, so, so we'll can... have some ticket information on the website within the next couple of weeks. Okay, fantastic. So you guys make sure that um, I'm going to be in the, at the gala. Awesome. Uh, yes. I bring your support. friends. Yes, I'm going to bring all my friends and your band. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Gino, you heard that? Gino, did you hear that? Bring the band. Uh, okay. So Terrence, thank you so much right, again for so coming much for to Live me. Chat Radio. We really appreciate it. Make sure you guys connect um, to Terrence Maiden and Two Wins Foundation online and all of his social media. We're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to be talking to none other than Caleb Sean McCampbell. Very excited. I'm going to actually play a song that he's on from the Funky Knuckles. It's called 216 Bars. Listen up.
Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. It's all about that last run that Beyonce did at the very end of that that I just heard. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she killed that. <laughs> Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. Hey, Felicia, how you doing, boo? Hey, I miss you, man. I, I was so good. wish you were in the studio right now. What'd you say? I miss you. I wish you was in the studio. Uh, I'm <laughs> I don't know what you just sung because you're in Missouri. And, uh, yeah. Call you must never okay, got you. Totally missed that. Okay. Because your phone was breaking up. Okay. Um, okay. But anyway, welcome back, everybody, to Live Chat Radio. <laughs> and um, again, we have another special guest in the studio. We've got to pick up another adjective. I know. We they're all special. A phenomenal, a phenomenal, talented, amazing. Okay. Artist um, in his own right, <laughs> musician, producer, composer, all of the above. Um, hey, Caleb, welcome to Live Chat Radio. What up, what up? Talk, talk right in the mic so we got to make sure everybody can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. That, Is that good? <laughs> yes, that's what up, perfect. everybody? <laughs> um, Mr. Caleb Sean McCampbell is in our studio. We're very excited to have you here, man. Thank you for joining us. Um, so if you listen to the music that we were just playing, uh, Caleb was on both of that. So the first song was the Funky Knuckles, two sixteen bars, which is one of my favorite songs on the on the project. So make sure y'all go get that. And of course, Beyonce, if you guys didn't know that he actually played on that song, right? Best I never had, best thing I never had. So okay, um, Caleb, obviously you have been grinding for a really long time. Because <laughs> you were just on the song that we played and it was from Beyonce. So tell us talk 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 about that man first of all tell people like about you and who you are and all that good stuff okay cool well as i already mentioned my name is caleb sean or caleb sean mccampbell mm-hmm. um you know i come i come from a musical family and so um my like my father and his brothers they kind of had like a not kind of they had a top 40 r&b group in the early i say late 80s early 90s called the mac band mm-hmm. so anybody that maybe i say maybe mm, 
30 and above might remember that. Okay. 30 something above. It was called uh, Roses Are Red. That was their number one hit. And oh, it, right. they had the McDonald's commercial and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's a part of the history. My mother's side, she has, um, my mother sings as well. She's mm-hmm. she got a voice like a bird. And, then, and she, had, she has a brother that's like been running Broadway for years. He's wow. done musical director for The Color Purple and just all kind of stuff. So it's it's in my blood, you know, yeah. just just music was what I grew up around. Everybody in my household when I was growing up played music. All of my siblings sing and play an instrument. And wow. both of my parents sing and play instruments. So it's just, it was something that came natural to me. I was like, yeah. I didn't even have a choice. You yeah, know? I wasn't absolutely. Joe Jackson into it. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like, you know, that was how it was. Get in line, Caleb. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. So basically, you grew up around music, and but you and you've been doing music since like what three? I, I was reading your bio. Yeah, three yeah. years old. You've been doing music, and you've like gotten so many awards and accolades through throughout your career. Basically, so like starting that early though, like from three to how old are you now? Twenty eight. I'll be twenty nine in July. Twenty nine. Like you've accomplished a lot. So talk about like how hard work really got you to the point that you are right now. You know, it. it it definitely did. I mean, I when I was really young, I always had obviously like like I mentioned, like the the draw, the natural draw toward music because that's yeah. what, what I was surrounded with. But I there was something about just sitting down at the piano that I was just like, you know what, I gotta just keep doing this. Like mm-hmm. I gotta keep pushing and pushing. And that persistence, you know, I went to um, Booker T. Washington in high school, yeah. you know, Arts Mag, and, and I still yeah, T. shout out to Booker mm-hmm. T. Shout out. Um, and and that that like. Making that decision really was like that changed everything for me because yeah. it's not it's not a normal high school it's 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 completely focused on the arts and so that was an investment in my in my career. Yeah. Later on, I came to realize like man that it changed everything for me. So so just sitting down and like being able to be around a bunch of other artists and like being pushed and having to practice mm-hmm. every single day and having all these resources to sit down with computer software and learning how to use musical equipment all yeah. those things. It, it it challenged me and it made me grow and you know exponentially over the years as I as I you know yeah. you know dab more into music and all the the technology and different ways to make to create music. So when did you really start um, the producing music? Like I know that you you said you've been playing since you were three, but at mm-hmm. what point did you evolve and kind of say, man, I really like the production side of things? You know what, I was not even fully aware of what it really meant to be a producer because. Uh, well, when I was younger, I was I didn't wasn't fully aware. Yeah. But I used to always, you know, what they say, make beats or whatever, yeah. you know, and that that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. But you know, when I was young, I mean, I was like, you know, eight, nine, like you know, seven years old, somewhere in there. And I used to one of my older my, my oldest brother, he mm-hmm. had a keyboard that you can sequence yeah. and program. And so I like, you know, he would show me a couple of things, and and like I would just go run with it. And I was so I would sit down and start creating little stuff and. Make my little, you know, and all that stuff. And I would just be going in on it, spending as much time as I could. So that was my real introduction into producing. And it wasn't really, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I would just make tracks all of the time, all the time on my keyboard. Like when I got one of the keyboards that he had when I got older. And then I would do it all the time, but I never would sit, like, I never would, like, actually go and presented to anybody yeah. I just was like I'm just doing this and you know and I would do something for friends every now and then that's the story of a lot of people I know a lot of people that <laughs> just make beats just cause they're just right and it, and it's like 
it wasn't until I started hooking up with with my dude S1, Larry Griffin. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, I met him through a friend of mine, uh, Deonis Cook. Mm-hmm. Who? Hey, Deonis. Yeah. What up, Deonis? We were we were um we were at Carmen Rogers, who now is in Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out to Carmen. Yeah. Um, She's gonna be on the show next week, actually. Oh, dope. Yeah. Dope. dope. Yeah. Excited about it. Um, we uh, we were at her birthday party that she was doing, mm-hmm. and she was having like you know performances some different guests, and so. Um, S1 was there in the audience, and and uh, Deonis, you know, introduced us, and so it was from from then forward, you know, f- you know, from then on rather, yeah. That was when I I started hooking up with him, and it just in working with him, I was like, wait a minute, I need this is what I need to be doing, like you know, I'm gonna always be a performing artist, right? But I need to like it. It, it really opened my mind because seeing all the work that he was doing, yeah, it just helped me realize, like, man, you know what, he's doing, he's doing stuff for. Talib Kweli and Erica Badu and all the little brother and all these people. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. You know, and we started working together and really, honestly, he inspired me so much. Yeah, man. I was I was reading up a, a lot about S1. Obviously, Grammy Award winning producer, um, writer. And like just the just the benefits of being around people that are like-minded. Um, you know, like you said, he basically inspired you. So talk to, like, the musician that's trying to figure out um, who to surround themselves <clears throat> with. Like, you're saying basically you met him randomly. You mm-hmm. know, you were at the right place at the right time, and that's because you were working hard and doing what you do, you know, full force. So talk talk a little bit about that to the musicians that are trying to just, you know, make a name for themselves. I would say, and I say this all the time, is, is that that is probably the most crucial thing that you can ever do in your career is surrounding yourself with people that not only are like-minded, but I'll even go one further and, and surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people that are better than you at what mm. you do. Surrounding yourself with people that are great. That's good. You know, it's like if you want to be, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> look look at Kobe Bryant. People give him yeah. slack because he plays a lot like him and his style is like him, but he got five rings. Five. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, but he, but he's the, that way because he studied Michael Jordan. You know, he's, yeah. he, he, I'm sure he met him. Clearly he did at some point mm-hmm. and, and he surrounded himself by, you know, people that were like-minded and people that were great like that. And so yeah. it's the same thing is, is just spending that time around great artists. I, and I, and not only like you're saying, um, you know, with, with S1, who's a producer, but for those, not everybody that's a performing musician or, or instrumentalist mm-hmm. is a producer and that's okay. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have that mind, but you know, whatever your instrument is, if you're a bass player, you better find the baddest bass player in your city or, or leave your city. Mm-hmm. You know, go find the cat that you really find a way to get to him. You yeah. can make it happen. Yeah, you know? I totally agree with that. Like being around people that inspires you. Yes. So it, that whole thing about being around people that are better than you is so, so important. I hadn't even thought about it like that, Kayla. I'm really glad you said that. But that's so key. And I tell Aaron and Felicia this all the time when, when I was introduced to them through uh, not in, introduced through Felicia, but just introduced to the whole life chat event I always tell them this like y'all actually make me better because y'all are pushing me to take my mind to places that I wouldn't normally even be thinking about or you know whatever the case is so being around people that are really inspiring you and motivating you is so so key so talk about your experience with um, Beyonce and like working on working on her album it was a great thing yes it was absolutely (laughs) it it was a trip I mean I um I mentioned in that video that you were talking to me earlier about that you yeah. saw, and I really like. I, I whenever I first got a phone call from S One, it completely tripped me out because I was I was at actually I was on my way coming home from church. Yeah, and he was like, you know what? 
um, he, he, he called me and was like, yo, man, they want to fly me, you know, fly me out to New York to work with B because he had recently, you know, he did, he did Power with Kanye the year right. before. And so that con- got him the connection with Jay-Z and Beyonce and he got to do all this stuff. So, you know, he, he had been talking about the possibility of working with her. Mm-hmm. We kind of were working on some stuff. But, I mean, you know, I was like, hey, we'll see what happens. And when he called me with that, I was like, that's crazy. That's it just crazy. tripped me out. So you, you know? like riding in the car? <laughs> I'm riding in the car, almost, you know, leaving from church, literally. Like, praise you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. You say Beyonce, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, but anyways, um, the, but the you know to, to be more specific and detail about the experience, yeah, it was great. It really was. I mean, I remember being on the elevator and just being, and, and I'm not, I don't get starstruck. Yeah, uh, that's just not, you know, that's, I'm just not that way. But I was nervous on the elevator because I was just like, man. I'm really about to get, I'm about to walk in the studio and Beyonce is about to be in there and I'm about to start working with her. It was crazy, but she was super cool, super, you know, laid back, you know, easygoing person. And she was, you know, easy to work with too. You know, she was very professional. Mm -hmm. She, she, you know, she knew what she wanted and all that. And, and, you know, it was just such a, um, there was such a creative vibe that was in there and it's such an inspiration. Me and S1 were just sitting there talking. We were like, yo, we got to go in, dude. We got to go in. And we made so many um, joints that day, really, that, yeah. that didn't all go on the project. But it was like, we were just, the creative juices were just flowing. So yeah. from just being inspired, being in there. Absolutely. You know? um, talk about like, the process of making that song because I, I know on the video again if you um if you haven't seen it yet go to youtube and um and search for just caleb mccampbell and it'll have like a little snippet about the process of you um, creating the song but talk a little bit about that because you say you had a specific reference um for even thinking about the the piano intro uh, that's right funny. you know what <laughs> In, in hindsight, sometimes I don't like saying that I know. because a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds like that. And it's like, actually, it don't really sound it like it. It doesn't sound like it, but I can totally connect the inspiration. Connect and the inspiration. they have no idea what we're talking about. So That's now you right. have to say it. Yeah, I got to say it. So anyways, what it is is, um, you know, uh, the Vanessa Carlton song, I think it's called Th- A Thousand Miles. Yeah. And, and you know... Um, it was a big hit, but then for those who watched the movie uh, White White Chicks, yeah. it was like there was that scene where Ted Cruz was clowning and you know, da, 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 you know. Yeah. So, anyways, that that um, I, I you know that melody, you know, da, 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 that was you know it's yeah. a big piano theme, right? And that was what, and, and, and even more so than it, just that specific song, just me and S one were talking about. It's got to have a big piano theme, yes. And that was a good example of a it big was. piano theme. And so, you know. let's make that clear: he, they didn't <laughs> copy that song because we just talked about a seven point five million dollar settlement. <laughs> right. We're not saying that. We're just talking about inspiration here, okay, people? That is okay, funny. Now, right. Go ahead, Caleb. <laughs> Put the right. disclaimer you know, out there. This is true, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it was just um, we basically what happened was she played a whole bunch of songs. I mean, she played like fifty something songs for wow. us, literally. Like she played all this music for us, and then she she gave us about three or four um, songs with just her vocals, mm-hmm. and, and said, "Here, I'm going to give these to y'all." And after we after she saw what we did with one, she was like, "Wait a minute, you know, I need to give them some more to work with." And yeah. so she gave us more, and then um, and best thing I never had was one of them. It was a song that Babyface and his team had written and produced, and she wanted us to take a different approach to the music. Yeah. So we just gave us all we had was just her vocals. We had nothing to refer to other than her vocals. Wow. And we just sat down and, and I you know, like I said, I was at the keyboard and kinda of started thinking of some stuff and I was playing and trying to, you know, create stuff and then I started playing that dun, 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 dun. I just kinda of started playing mm-hmm. it. And he was like S one looked over and he was like, Man, that's it. That's it, dude. That's it right there. Like, dude, we got it. Yeah, it's a hit. 
And you know, the rest is history. You know, the like rest said. is history. Y'all just heard the history, actually. We just played that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, congratulations on that, Kayla. I, I, like, just your your process of um, starting at the age of three and now being able to say that you've worked with some amazing artists of our generation is just really an accomplishment. So, kudos to you. I'm very proud that you're from Dallas and that. You know, we can rep you like that. <laughs> Dallas own, baby. Dallas um, Okay, so I was reading your bio because that's what I do. I read bios for all of my artists mm-hmm. um, that we have on. And you were talking about, at a young age, about the um, Just For Me commercial uh, that y'all did, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. Like, <laughs> y'all were actually on the song. that He wasn't in the video, but mm-hmm. you were actually on the song, right? And then your sister. Yeah, yeah. so so my sister was the, you know, the, the pretty light-skinned girl that was singing. Yeah. Well, not singing, but that was a... Uh, that was like, you know, mommy, I want soft and beautiful hair just like yours, you know. And and um but my dad was one of the producers of the music. Yeah. And so um he, that was basically how it worked. So me and my oldest is my youngest brother, I don't think he was old enough to be in it. Yeah, he wasn't. But me and my older siblings, yeah. the, the three older than me, we were all in there and we were all singing. So the the background singing the jazz by me. That was y'all. That was ah! us. That was us in the background. Jazz you know so that's what that was that's that's the funny story i love that video i I wish i could play it right now but i didn't get a chance to download it but um one i think your sister then actually did she go to town view no she went to booker t she went to booker t Mm -hmm. okay so Mm -hmm. do you have anybody that went to town view it was somebody that was in that commercial that went to town view uh you know it might have been uh i think it was latavia okay i think it was that was in destiny's child yeah yeah yeah, it was somebody somebody went to town view because i remember saying like yeah that's that just for me girl that's right. That's right. So, so uh, we we have to um, cut this short in just a few minutes, but um, I did want to talk about you as an artist. Like you are producing your artist, so tell us more about your music. Like, what can people expect from you in the future? Okay, so for the longest time, I'll be transparent. I I kind of not intentionally, but I kind of ran from putting out my own project. Mm. And the reason why was because what I bring to the table is very different. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, we, you know, you can be your own worst critic. Like, well, where, where's the market for this? And how am I going to promote this? Because I'm influenced by so much music, anywhere right. from R&B, hip hop, to rock, to jazz, to blues, anything. I mean, yeah. I love it all. And so, um, and I think we're in a time now where, where it's becoming, the doors are opening out. For the, the barriers are being broken yeah. with, with all those divisions. But, um, so I am now currently working. I've been writing for years, yeah. but I'm actually really like now in the process of, of like tracking out and, and like recording my own solo project. Oh, I can't so wait. That's yes. Oh. And it will be out before this year is up for sure. Hopefully my, my plan is to get it out by the summer. Like yeah. so I'll be 29 in July. So I want to get it out before I'm trying to hold on to 28 as long as I can. Like, no, I released it when I was 28. He was 28 years old when he released his first. Was like, you want to say that? I want to say that. <laughs> you know, so that's. Now nah, he was 36, good. not 35. Right. Not yet. That's it. <laughs> I'm 35, so no, no shade on the people that are over 30. But you're still but young, though. No, you still. I am. Young. I still feel young. like I'm young. Yeah. You know, I still got it. I got a 10 year old daughter um, that's sleeping in the studio right now, but uh, <laughs> rubbing her eyes. Um, so that's okay. But man, Caleb, thank you so much for coming onto our show. Like, I really, really appreciate it. Um, tell people how they can connect with you, social media. Um, social media, I am. On Facebook, uh, I've reached the friend limit a long time ago, but whatever. Somebody, but if you really want to be my friend on it, you can, I'll delete somebody for you if you're really serious. I really will because I don't know all them people. I don't, y'all. But seriously, focus, Caleb, focus. I'm so ADD. Um, 
I have a Facebook music page. Okay. It's it's just Caleb Sean, but the the URL is facebook.com forward slash the real Caleb Sean. Mm-hmm. And then I have Facebook um sorry, uh Twitter and Instagram is both very simple at Caleb Sean. Right. And this so and even on your YouTube page, right, you have videos about you singing. I'm gonna actually play um uh, Change the World, your cover okay. that you performed at, well, that was at T-Ball, right? Yeah, it was at T-Ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going to play that, but if they want to see any videos of you or performing and hear your music, mm-hmm. go to your YouTube page. The, right? Yeah, I have a, my YouTube page is Caleb Sean, yeah. um, and then I have yeah my SoundCloud page mm-hmm. is also Caleb Sean. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and shout out to my god sister, Lashandra Peoples, who is your BFF from elementary. What up, Lashandra? That is, yeah, that's so funny. She texted me last night and was like, oh my goodness, that's my BFF <laughs> from elementary. So I had to make sure, I told her, I was like, you're going to be tuned in, right? So hopefully she'll text me in a minute and tell me that she got her shout out. But I love you, sis. Shout out from Caleb, your BFF from elementary. What school was that? It was Mark Twain. Ooh, elementary. Mark Twain. Mark that was Twain. a long time ago. Yes, boy. it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys, we're gonna um, we're gonna play a little bit of music, and then we'll be back um, to wrap up live chat radio for this week. We're playing Caleb's uh, "Change the World" cover. I love this song, Caleb. You sound so good on it. Thank All you. All right, listen up. I'm not afraid of 
All right, guys, you were just listening to Caleb McCampbell um, change the world cover. So there you go. So he can actually sing and produce all at the same time. He's super talented. Um, so, again, thank you to all of our guests that came into the studio today. We're about to wrap up um, this week's show of Live Chat Radio. But I did want to give us some special shouts out to people that I know that are on the grind and doing what they do. So shout out to my sis, Faith Anderson, with Ten Chow, Inc. Um, she actually has a stellar award event that's coming up so if you're going to be in vegas doing stellar make sure that you check her out she's all on my social media page um also to my client and my friends you know uh, ike hard he's actually going to be starting his own show on uh the after party it's called midday lockdown and it debuts on april the 9th on the b side so make sure that y'all tune in for that that's going to be pretty cool him and uh cherished love are going to be hosting so i'm very very excited for them and then also lakendra anderson she is uh the step director for my daughter's step team. See, Madison, I, I gave y'all a shout out. Shout out to Hype Kids Nation, Hype Divas. Um, they're first place in all of like the categories at all of their competitions. So they're going to nationals and they have a performance on the 21st. So shout out to LaKendra. Um, and so next week, we're going to be talking to uh, a lot of the artists that's going to be performing at South by Southwest. So Next week, our show is all about the music. We have Carmen Rogers that's going to be on. Um, and we're also doing a concert during South by Southwest next Wednesday, uh, March the 18th, at the Bat Bar from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. So check that out on all of our social media as well. Uh, let's see what else. I think I'm missing something. For this weekend, if you need something to do, Friday Night Live will be at 1011 Grill, of course. And we'll be celebrating uh, the birthdays for Dwayne Bryant and Kendra Bryant, which are the owners of 1011 Grill. So that's going to be really fun. Make sure that you reserve your table early. And I think that's all I got. And Felicia disconnected again because she's in Missouri and she's in the middle of nowhere. So we love you, Felicia. We miss you. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Have a great one. Oh, I'm going to play Lecrae. We're going to go out with Lecrae Wish because uh, <laughs> Caleb is on this. You you play and you're actually singing the hook, right? I didn't, I didn't do any production okay it, but, I, but i wrote the hook you and wrote I, the and hook. i'm singing <laughs> that's even better all <laughs> right so let's let's listen to that yeah i wish i never held back wish nobody had to sell crap then i may have seen my dad a little more maybe i could dream a little more but i still wishing those stars in the sky wish a lot of people was a lot and i Probably passed on a whole lot of truth, but I know about a whole lot of lies Man, I wish I had me a time machine I would tell Martin it was all a dream And I wish like Ray J back in 06 Get to work cause I got my chick And I wish like Kells did If I could change the clock, man, I'd change a lot And I probably wouldn't be so selfish I would've gave a lot, man, I'm ashamed of that I wish I could've told, oh, thank you Before I got way too late I wish I would've worked on my jump shot But time just fades away I probably wish too much I know I play less than I should I know I did too much Take it all back if I could Wish I had another chance Maybe I do better Maybe I do better Maybe I do better Every time I think about All of my mistakes I just wanna turn it around Be like Try to act like you ain't never lost your sight And I don't even do it for the money 
accept when I do it for the money. Trying to find yourself, but you find yourself doing things in the dark, kind of funny. I wish I had 10 more wishes. I swear I got 10 more visions. And life is a game that I can't stop playing, baby. Give me like 10 more minutes. I'm almost finished. I wish I had a little more time. Got a whole lot of goals that I wish I could achieve. I believe I'ma lose my mind. Before I get to those, yeah, I miss the goals. But my shot was off, I can't tell.